We're back. This is the Champagne and Campaign podcast. I'm your host, Darcy. And with me again is my brother, Pat. How you going, bro? What's up, mate? Good to see you. Good to be back chatting on the pod. And we have had nine games of nine days, rather, of NBA action already. So it's a lot to digest and a lot has happened in a short amount of time. I guess we're up to... With nine days in, there's a bunch of storylines that have kind of jumped up and down already, but we're going to do a real special segment today on the show. We're going to do, is this player slash team LeJoy? Shouts out to Tonte. Or are we overreacting? So I asked us both to to get three teams or three players that we thought were were looking completely legit, LeJoy, or teams or players that we thought it's probably an overreaction just how well they're playing at the moment. Do you do you want to start us off, Pat? Start off with someone? Yeah. Um, so basically the team that I'm liking the most at the moment to watch and who I think it's not a, it's not an overreaction. It's like it's just I don't think people expected them to maybe be this good or I don't think I expected them to be this good, but the way the Warriors supporting cast is playing at the moment, I'm pretty bullish on their team. If Clay can get anywhere back near to 80% over, Wiggins, it actually looks like they've got a good role for him now. Jordan Poole's suddenly a guy. I think he might be most improved. He might be a sharper, most improved. Draymond's playing well. Iggy's fitting right back in. They got Bejelinta, Otto Porter's playing valuable minutes, and Steph's playing as good a basketball as I've ever seen him play. I think that's where I'm kind of starting my mark there. They're real. I think they're a contender, especially if Clay gets back. If Clay's not back, tough to say they're a contender, but I think they still could be the way Steph's playing. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think they look great. I think they look like the team that's most ready to go. They look like they're ready to play a playoff series right now. The way they, they took care of LA and really upset them in that first game, it yeah, it all looks like it looks like they've kind of figured out each other. They've they've worked out how to play, how to they're meshing that style of everything they did when they were a championship team, along with the inclusions of the the players that you touched on, whether it's a couple of veterans or the emergence of pool or you know, potentially there's going to be an even bigger upside when a guy like Wiseman steps in and they have another potential forward who can can give them another offensive and defensive and, and, and the come bucket. Yeah, I don't know if Kaminga will be ready to go necessarily in the rotation. Right? He's definitely an exceptional athlete. I think probably where they took him in the draft is just a matter of we, he's the best available player that he could become a really good player. But the thing that's important about all the rotation players for the Warriors right now is that they're fitting together, they're gelling together, like they're they're playing they're playing around Steph Curry and Steph Curry is debatably the, the best player MVP, in the, the MVP world? right now. How many players or is he just the is he just the best player in the world? Well Durant seemed like the best player in the world. But that's a tough he, one. He's been better than Durant <laughs> in the first two weeks of the season. Steph Curry, I don't know who I don't know where you were if you weren't watching Steph Curry, 25 points, nine for nine in the first quarter of the third game of the season was electric, had shades of Clay Thompson's 31-point quarter against Sacramento a few years back. 37, right? Yeah, when you, when you see when you see that from Steph, you think if Clay's coming back and he looks anything like the old self, this team is a legit contender in the West. 
I also reckon um, there's something to be said about like the continuity and like those, how long has Steve Kerr been coaching Steph now? And mm-hmm. in that time, Draymond's been there the whole time, who's probably their second most valuable player. And then they've also got Igadala back, who's basically been there most of that time. Mm-hmm. So you've got three vets who know the system perfectly. Their assistant coaching staff under Steve Kerr's changed yeah. a bit, but you see the same old faces. Like they know what they're doing. They're all head, they're all head coaches. They're all bench. Kevin Kevin Looney as well. He's been there for a long time. Like they know what they're doing, and like there's something to be said with like the short pre seasons and the short turnaround in these seasons to have that continuity. And they're going to have that all year, I think, with those three vets. And even Clay on the sidelines and incoming backs is going to add to that even more, surely. Yeah, they loving, were. Loving Bejalentia and Otto Porter. Shout out to those guys. Those were great gets. They were, great gets. They weren't, last season, they weren't able to deal with any kind of injury. You know, to miss Looney for a big part of the season, for Steph to miss any game, they extremely struggled. But, you know, when, when they've been able to gain depth with, with Wiggins playing a really solid role, and you're right, Bielita seems to fit perfectly in exactly what they're doing in terms of understanding how to play and and being a guy who could shoot past and dribble, and without being with Otto, yeah. yeah, Otto, he, you know, there's still probably a lot more that we could potentially see from him. He's got, he's got he upside. Can, we know that he can defend guys, and when he's shooting the three ball well, he's potentially a really nice fit in that team. So I think we're both pretty much on the same. You know, on the same wavelength with the Warriors, I think everything that we've seen so far makes me think that they're probably going to be better than our projections. I'll tell you what else is an interesting dynamic is like when you watch them play, especially last year, um, like whenever Steph was on the court, it's like, damn, how are we going to get a point? Like, mm-hmm. it's going to be a terrible Wiggins like shot. Like, it's when he has to manufacture his own offense, it's not a good look. But now that they've got pool, it seems like they can play through a guy in that second unit. It's like, oh, okay, we'll play through this guy. And we've got Iggy, you can pass. And now we've got Bejalentia. Like, there's direction with Steph out. Whereas last year, it's like, Steph's out. Like, what do we do? Let's just try and, like, not get too far behind, basically. Agreed. They've it's got, not the case anymore at all. They've got confidence in that bench. And that bench team is kind of... They know now if, if they're able to string together a few good minutes of, you know, positive offense and staying within the game, then they can bring Curry back fresh and, and have a great chance down the stretch. There's no better clutch shooter that you want, you know, especially when he's hot at the end of the game, you want Curry and your team. It's probably the best weapon in the game down the stretch. Mm. Now, for well, sure, that's, a, that's like the first that. reel, I think. I'm yeah, I like that. So... For me, is this team such player the joint or are we overreacting? For me, the team that I want to talk about is the land, Cleveland. I want to talk about Cleveland Cavaliers and their completely interesting lineup that they've got. And I know that the expectations for this team are extremely low. They're maybe a tier above those bottom teams in the East, but I think they can legitimately have a little go around in the playing tournament just because of the way that these pieces have fallen into their team. No, obviously, no one's taking note of anything that's happening in Cleveland in terms of the, the veteran players that they picked up or what their rotation looks like. But the headline for them is Mobley, the, num- the number two pick in the draft. Sorry, number three pick in the draft. And for me, you look at how tall he is and what he can do. He's potentially the best prospect in the draft with the, with the upside that he has. He might not be ready to score 20 points a game right now, but what I've seen from him is pretty freaking phenomenal. For me, it's it's about his length. 
and his like recovery on defense. They've been trying this him and Jared Allen front line, and you and I both really like Jared Allen. He's really stepping up. He's super efficient, and he can definitely block shots and protect the rim. Moby's going out there trying to guard guys on the perimeter, and even though he gets beaten for speed, he can recover incredibly quickly. It's stunning to see how long and just, you know, and what good instincts he has defensively, Mobley. He's a guy who, with that front line, I feel like this team is is pretty set up to potentially have a pretty good, you know, have a pretty good defense for ranked against the other teams in the league. And if they've got a, if they've got a half decent defense, then I really like parts of their offense. What do you think about that part? What do you think about their defense? Well, speaking of the front line, they're like basically going, they're bucking the trend in the sense that mm. at the moment they're starting Lowry Markin at the three, right? Such an under like under the radar move in the offseason. Yeah, no one's really no one's really talking about it. Like he's obviously like more of a power forward in my opinion, or maybe center. I don't see him as a small forward, but he's, they're actually kind of making it work in a weird way because Mobley's pretty versatile, and mm-hmm. he can basically guard like. I don't know what at this rate, but like a lot he, of positions, it he, seems. He's looking like he might be able to guard all five. One through five, yeah, maybe. He's blocking shots all over the place. And Lowry can like definitely shoot the three and hand a little bit. And then you've got Rubio at the point who's someone that could actually, in theory, steer that kind of lineup around the around the court. And then you've got Sexton, who's a, just a pig. So like it kind of might work in a weird way. I don't necessarily see it working the whole season. It might be a bit of fool's gold. It might not be though. There's going to be some potentially some weird Kevin Love stuff happening at some point, but Whoa. he's actually they're getting serviceable minutes from him at the moment. And yeah. what happens when um, Garland comes back? Does he just take that starting spot right back? Or well, Garland came back today and, and he did take that starting spot. He, he did. Um, he had a pretty good shooting game. Didn't really um, distribute. But I think it's more about the way that this Cleveland team is playing. They have a given direction. It's just, like everyone thinks that. Garland could potentially, you know, be a superstar player or at least start to emerge as more of a stud this year. Definitely assisting close to 10 a game and, and hopefully trying to get scoring up towards 20. But when you bring up when you bring when you bring a guy like Rubio into the lineup, I thought that Rubio was extremely important in Utah's, you know, Utah's win against OKC in the playoffs and part of their rise to becoming a powerhouse in the Western Conference, Utah. I thought Rubio was a really big part of that. We saw how good Rubio has played internationally in the last two or three tournaments. I think he's underrated as a player in the um, as a guard, a guard in the NBA. And the style that he plays in terms of getting other people involved is so fun and easy to play with. That's why you put him on a team like Cleveland with no necessary identity, especially on the bench. And he's producing ridiculous numbers. In the first four games, Rick Rubio's scoring 14 game with over nine assists and one and a half steals. Should know I, 50%, I think he could also, um, like, he'll he'll be able to play with Garland as well, which is nice because Garland can shoot mm-hmm. the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so and Rubio's quite a good pesky defender. So mm-hmm. and like the it kind of makes sense in the sense when you play like you play Sexton as a small two guard, well, but if you have the mm-hmm. huge if you have the huge front court, then like it doesn't matter as much because yeah. with Jared Allen and Mobley, like how much that. That's one of the that's like one of the most shot blocking, efficient mm-hmm. like front courts in the league in terms of just rim protection. Like if you're not it scoring be, much in the paint on those two. Yeah, exactly, and it really creates the space for or creates the ability for Sexton and and Garland to play together in the backcourt because they're such small guards. 
but they're not, you know, this team's if they can protect the rim really well and they've got quickness on the outside as well, if you combine, you know, the the passing game of Rubio and the emerging passing game of um, of our guy Garland, then, you know, this team really shares the ball and plays the right way. And when you see Kevin Love coming in and actually having a legitimate impact to rebound and be part of the offense and shoot threes, like, I reckon Kevin Love is pretty much done, but... What we do know is that he can obviously play basketball. He understands what good teams do. They move the ball, he can shoot. When this team's moving the ball properly and he can come in and have an impact, that makes me think that this team is actually going in potentially a, a proper direction. Like they have a couple of veteran players. They've got an ex- potentially amazing defensive front court. This team could, you know, make noise with those teams that, that are around their, their spot in the standings in the Eastern Conference. So when I think about teams that I might think Cleveland are better than, we know that Detroit and Orlando are really going to struggle this season. I think they look better than a team like Toronto, even though Toronto have got some defensive upside themselves. And I reckon they can compete with the likes of, you know, the likes of Indiana, the likes of potentially Washington, and even maybe a team like the Knicks. I think um, Cleveland potentially have a chance to, you know, be a team who's, who seriously needs to be considered in the play-in. Yeah, I mean, the play-in's achievable for them. I just, I think they could run out of, steam offensively run out like this is all well and good now but it's a long season the, the scoring could dry up i mean sexton can score the ball but i think the defense could be there it's interesting with mobley I'm not, not, i don't think anyone's really exactly sure what his ceiling is but mm. i'm um i'm keen to follow that how do you want to do you want to go should i go to my next um lejoy or should i go, my go to my overreaction now because i can I can segue off to what, what you're throwing out pretty easily off one of those, but which one do you want it to be? Give you giving us one that's the joint. Let's give us potential yeah. overreaction. One you, you think we might be overreacting to. Uh, are we saying like, what are we overreacting to as like a collective or maybe like an overreaction to from the start of the season of how good we thought a team might be. And we're like overreacted to how good we thought they might be. I think more of a collective that everyone's getting on the bandwagon kind of thing straight away, thinking all their problems are solved, but it's not going to be sustainable. Uh, okay. Um, I'm not 100% sure the Chicago Bulls thing is as real as everyone's thing. I think it might be a slight overreaction. I do like their team, and I do really like them and what they picked up, but I don't necessarily see them being a top uh they could be a top four seed but i'm not a hundred percent convinced about it i don't know their defense is holding up at the moment but i'm not sure it can hold up over the 82 games what do you think i think it's just hard to make a call like they are top of the league they're they're four and zero to start they played detroit twice and they played new orleans once and they fell in in overtime after giving up a 21 point lead against toronto so good wins you have to get those wins 100 percent but uh, you're right, the, the challenges haven't yet come to them. I don't think the, the, you can the, 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 so they're, they, they're given to potentially be in the playoffs. The thing is with those teams as well, the depth, when you're not deep, I feel like at the start of the season, it doesn't matter because most people are normally healthy and you're running you guys through. But like, if, yeah. they get one of, if they get an injury to one of their guys, say they get an injury to Vooch, like... They're, they're very thin on the front court. Yeah, um, right. Even a guy like Patrick Williams, even though he's not really doing that much, he's their only like big wing defender. Like if he gets hurt, 
Mm. Even if Caruso gets hurt, they suddenly don't really have many like serviceable minutes of the guard spot on the bench. Kobe White's currently hurt, I guess. But it's, yeah, I'm not. I, I'm still. I'm. I'm not. It's not definitely an overreaction, but I'm not. Mm. Yeah, I'm not 100 convinced they're going to be a top four team. It's not that everyone had them that at the start of the season, but I think people are starting to think they will be now. But I'm 100 convinced about that. Well, I think when you talk about Levine, you talk about DeRozan, and you talk about Vucevic. Those three, to me, they strike me as, you know, in the in previous seasons, the last two or three seasons, super, super consistent the whole regular season as the number one option, basically, on their team, giving you the 20 points that you need on, on good efficiency and being the go-to guy in the fourth quarter. Now it's how can they all sacrifice a little bit, work together, play team ball in the fourth quarter and, and win games. It's going to be a challenge for them, and there's definitely going to be some growing pains and some some learning moments in that. Like who's getting the ball at the end of the game? I think Levine is probably the best Has option, but we know how good DeRozan is at getting his own shot, especially in the mid range at the end of the game. If you don't need a three, he's actually been one of the best clutch scorers in the league for you know for, for years now. Vucevic is is a good option in the post as well. So I, I think like probably the the one the one person in their starting lineup who who I'm not 100% certain will continue to, to ball out he had, like he has in the first four is Lonzo because Lonzo has absolutely been balling in the first four games. Debatably been their best player. He's been good, hasn't he? I love how they're playing that, like um, they're starting Patrick Williams, I believe, but they're playing that four-guard lineup with Caruso. It is, it is a four-guard lineup, really. Caruso, <laughs> Lonzo, DeRozan, <laughs> Levine, and, and Vooch, like. True everyone enough. everyone in that lineup can shoot past dribble. Mm. And you've got one of the best athletes in the league in Levine. Then you've got three other great athletes around him and Vooch is a smart big center like it's a formidable force. Talking myself into it not being an overreaction, but well, yeah. I, it's just uh, interesting. If you've heard about the you see the photoshops of the old old Bulls jerseys and you're like, yeah, well, that's obviously the overreaction. But you know. Well, no doubt they're already they've already surpassed expectations that they had for themselves maybe last season. They were already way ahead of the curve. You know, they're, they're looking decent. They've won their first four games. And they have to get in the playoffs now. They can't They can't be in the play-in. They have to get in the playoffs. I think if they lose an epic play-in game, then, you know, it's not a complete disaster. But, yeah, mm. for sure, the goal is the goal is top six. Well, with, with, with Philly now looking like they're I'm, – I'm more convinced about Chicago than Philly at the moment. Yeah, yeah, definitely some question marks. If we're, talk, if we're talking like where teams are going to finish, like those are those are going to be two kind of teams that are going to be on the fringe, I think. And yeah, like I said, there's more direction than Chicago for me at the moment. Well, it's always great to start 4-0. That, that'll really give you that leg up for, for when you, their, their next run of 12 games are all against the teams that made the playoffs last year. So we're really going to find, out, about something, to find out Yeah, something about them pretty quick. They got, they got two it's, games. It's a good time Knicks. to have that stretch. They've got to go and do the double in LA as well. So, um, yeah, really interesting to see what happens with the Bulls. And, and yeah, we hope that they stay healthy to, to get the most out of their group. I think Billy Donovan's a good coach. I think they'll eventually figure it out. Uh, I've got pretty decent expectations for them. If we, uh, look at, if we look at my next one, we talk about a team who just did the LA Clippers, LA Lakers back-to-back. It's Ja Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. John Morant has come out and balled. He's leading the league in scoring, if you didn't know, after four games, 35 points a game. 
eight assists. He's right now shooting the ball at 58%, 44% from three and 81 of the line. He's almost making three threes a game through the first four. So Jar really super impressive. Uh, what, what more can we say about him? He's kind of taking his game to a whole nother level. He doesn't seem to be phased by any of the chatter around him not being much of a jump shooter or their team not necessarily having, you know, a bona fide second or third star in their team. He's just kind of going about his business and proving that he's a good leader and like a good, a good teammate, a guy, a guy you'd like to play with. And, you know, he doesn't get too carried away with the fact that he does some absolutely amazing dunks and he kind of seems to be doing whatever it takes to win. And this is really interesting to see if, if he stays healthy, whether this team can make a legit jump to being a, a locked-in playoff team. I think what I like about them so far and I think might be a little bit sustainable is I think the emergence of a guy like Desmond Bain. Bain. I think, yeah, everyone likes the way everyone likes the way he played last year and he stepped into the starting lineup. It's been absolutely nothing. The first four games, he's averaging 19 points and he just seems to fit really well. I think I thought they might miss Grayson Allen when he left, but, you know, Bain seems absolutely ready to roll and one guy who I've loved to see on the court loss for them is Melton. Anthony Melton. Oh, who doesn't of, love Melton? We need more minutes for Melton Jenkins. One of my favorite. The Twitter sphere has been preaching it for yeah. three seasons or whatever it is now. Yeah, Kyle absolutely. Is Brooks is Brooks going to um, ruin that kind of little thing they got going? They lost. They lost today, didn't they? Yes, they did lose today. Oh, but they all. I think with Brooks, today, yeah. they definitely want to get his minutes down anyway. Yeah, I they lost he, to my players. He led their team. He led their team in minutes last year and even though he did a really solid job and got himself some great experience the <laughs> the amount of volume that he was shooting in the minutes that he was playing were not efficient and it was can not you just turn down that volume and keep the defensive intensity is that uh, you could do well, that whatever minutes you give to brooks i feel like you know exactly what you're going to get in those and some games it's going to be hot from three and it's going to be big but i i think melton makes more sense it makes his team more athletic it makes it more guard kind of you know, more creativity. Makes it guard. more like, yeah, it makes it more random, a bit tougher to guard, I think. Well, mm. so you, what what would you do with Brooks? You wouldn't, you'd bring him off the bench or? I think so. Yeah, I think potentially he'd be just as good off the Melton bench. Melton feels like the bench guy. Mm. We know that at times Start he's, gone absolutely, he's gone missing, come off of the bench at times, Melton, but. But then you, be... then, you, then, then you finish with Melton and Jackson at the five. Yeah, it's still a slow mo Joe though as well, who I also really like. Yeah, I like him, but I don't think he's necessarily a starter slow mo. I think he, uh, mm. with his with his questionable shooting technique, I just don't think he can be out there. But you got to start. Enough. You got to start Jaron, and uh, yeah, I think. What do you reckon about Jaron's start? I think it's been it's been quite encouraging without being awesome. I've always been on the Jaron bandwagon hard since he was a rookie, but. He's, he's kind of flatlined, hasn't he? Basically, since his rookie year, it's been like, oh, this guy's could almost be a unicorn, one of these guys that can get two blocks a game and make, I don't know, two or three threes, shoot over 80% of the line. But hey, mm-hmm. more more guys in the league are doing that now than ever, which is crazy. But he's also flatlined. He's been hurt a fair bit and hasn't, his stats haven't really gotten that much better. But you definitely see glimpses of it. He passes the eye test every single every single day of the week, and I've been just the way he moves. His shooting style isn't great, but he gets good arc on a good follow through. Yeah. I've always liked him. They need to be able to finish games with him, like start him with a four, finish him as the your small ball five or whatever. Hmm. 
he's definitely. I think he's grown a little bit because he looks, he looks huge. huge he? he looked big out there against the Lakers. You know, kind of battling away against Davis, given you know showing him a bit of that defensive upside. I think for sure he needs to keep expanding his offensive game to not only become you know a knockdown three point shooter, but get some some more off the dribble, some more post play, and then he could move into that kind of twenty points per game score that that you know Memphis have paid him for for the next for the next four years on his extension. So. Still, look uh, a guy to look for for sure. And I think the final thing for for Memphis and, and why I'm quite solid on them is we're seeing Stephen Adams of the OKC days for sure. He's leading the league in rebounding. I think or second. Is he averaging? Good to say. It's really good to see. He looks fit. He looks slimmer. Hundred percent. And I don't know why. Yeah. I think it I fits, why, why uh, as good as Val- as good as Valanciunas was offensively. He kind of needs the ball. He needs post touches. He needs Adams is one of the be best screeners in the league, which fits perfectly with Jar, and he doesn't need the ball like that. He, he never he never shoots Adams. He's just in there to screen and to him and Jar. I think there's a thing there. Yeah, a, there's a high on ball thing there. He's, yeah, he's a he's a he's a massive screen, and with the speed and the finishing ability of of Jar at the rim, it's yeah. What do what we we let's let's just. Replayed a jar for a bit there. What are we? What are we making of this? What's his ceiling? What's What's your ceiling on jar? I think. I don't know. That's probably a long way down, down the track. Just given how many how many guys are in that conversation, it feels like every year there's. But you you heard PG say um, he compared him to guarding a young D Rose, mm. which I think is a really good comparison, actually. I think isn't it? yeah. He's finishing at the rim in his speed. No one could stay in front of him. You know, there's, you know, and the consistency of the jumper, it feels like it's, it's kind of just a matter of time. So the supporting cast fits around him. I think the dogs, they defend, they got mm, shooters. They got, yeah. this heart. they got this really good screening presence now as well. Mm, the, the natural tendency might be to say, you know, Memphis, small market team, they haven't necessarily had a superstar thrive there and, and bring that team into you know, relevance of a potential championship. But I guess that's definitely what they're going to try to do. And what we see from now is from all from his career so far is that he's, you know, it's been all positive and that team's moving in the right direction. They're trying to win incrementally, getting better and better every single season. So definitely another another playoff run for them this year. It looks like it's on the cards and it's just a matter of, yeah, can, can they do what it takes to potentially break through and, and win a first round series? I'm liking what I'm saying. That's a good uh, one. He's going to be an all-star, I think. It's pretty much... It's, unless there's an injury, I think he'd be an all-star in the Western Conference with a, with a couple of injuries to, to key guys in the, in the Western Conference right now. Yeah. Okay. When you're missing a guy like Kawhi Leonard from the from the Western Conference playoff list, you're missing a guy like Jamal Murray, who I don't think he has been an all-star yet, but it was, was probably on the edge of it. Yeah, I think Jar, yeah, he looks like a, an all-star for me so far. So, so sorry, was that an overreaction or the joy? For me... Is it, are I we overreacting to them? Even though we do like them. We're speaking about how much we like them. We are overreacting a bit. Yeah, I would probably say so. Yeah. They're not better than... What do we think? Like, you see your Dallas jersey in the background. Do we think they're better than Dallas or Portland? No. I don't, no I don't think they're better than Portland. Well, Portland, they might be better than because I don't, I don't know about Portland so far. But we, wipe, we wiped them today. Yeah, that's true. Well, if on a scale on a scale of one to ten, I was I was going to ask ask this on a scale of one to ten with Portland, how concerned are you 
with how the team looks so far. Obviously, it's a tiny sample size, but the thing does, is, does the concern kind of put, put you into a high number out of 10 or you, you start real low and staying stable? No, nah, not at all. Well, today was good. I mean, we beat a solid Memphis team. We wiped them. So that, like, my, because <laughs> it's so early, your thoughts change dramatically. You overreact. That's what we do. But, um, the reason I'm not concerned is because I actually don't think the team is playing that bad. I just think Dame started really slow and cold, which he has slow, started slow before. And if I've got faith in someone, it's Dame. He's going to start playing better and making well, shots. Well, CJ's he, cooking thus far. Lance, uh, Nance looks all right. Sellers fit in. Nurk looks fit. I think we're fine. I'm, I'm not concerned. I'm yeah. Concerned at all. Well, when you think about a team like... Um... Like what are we now? Like, We're two and two, whatever. Like, yeah, it was, good, it was a good win over Phoenix as well. They really kind of yeah. um, put the clamps on Phoenix in that game. That Sacramento um, lost, like, what, Harrison Barnes hit eight threes or something? Was that that game? I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Berserks, like, that game winner today, though, wow. Yeah. How good Harrison, was that? That game winner today might be the play of the season so far from Harrison Barnes. Deep, fading late <laughs> game winner to destroy. Who was that? It was Phoenix, right? It was at Phoenix. Mm. Just to take, rip their heart out. Uh, yeah. A former Dallas player. Dallas were the first guys to pay HB and thought that he was an all-star potential. And I don't know, he's starting to really bring it together now in year 10. He's he's a you know, he's he's an interesting player. If he continues to shoot the ball the way he does, he has a really nice form and it's just a matter of, you know, he's just letting it fly at the moment and they're absolutely wet. I think he's about 55% from deep. Mm. Um, but you know, kind of back to Portland real quick with with Dame, he's had a slow start, but I think we, you know, I don't know if any of our listeners out there know, but he was carrying an injury all through the, the ab- abdominal injury. Yeah, I don't think many people are realizing that. I think that's definitely uh, hampering him a bit. Yeah, he's definitely not attacking the basket so far, and he's just shooting the ball a little bit. Settling, just, yeah. His legs quite under him, so it's good that CJ is healthy because he's come out the same way he did at the start of last season, averaging. Spe- speaking of all stars. Yeah, it's about it his be, time. It could be his time. I mean, Conley got in last year. Like, come on now. Yeah, CJ, sure. CJ's worthy. We hope that um, we hope that he can stay healthy for sure. What do you think about? I think there's two the two most important players for you. I think Nurkic looks pretty good to start. He's he, fit, looks like he's, he looks like he's moving well. He's lost a bit of weight and absolutely essential part of the team. Nance also, I think, is fitting. He's fitting in. He's fitting in good. Fine. Well, it's interesting. Everywhere Nance goes, you think, oh, yeah, okay, this will be the time he'll, he'll potentially start or he might get, you know, 25, 30 minutes off, off the bench and, and be a critical part. But every coach seems to just be using him as like a 10 to 15 minute a game guy. So his kind of value is capped in terms of, you know, putting up a fancy line or having a significant impact. Obviously, he's a bit of a do-it-all player with his passing and his finishing at the rim. And then when he's hitting a three, he kind of does a bit of it all. But but yeah, I don't know how reliable is a guy like that, and does he legit make it into the rotation as a bit more significant part of it? You reckon? You reckon he's? I, I think. I think. I think he's just another guy you can throw in the mix as a different look. You don't. I don't think. Like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I don't know if I'm going to be rely on be able to rely on him. I think we'll be able to for a few minutes, but mm. I think at some points you can put him at the four or five. He's just another guy with size and athleticism and knows how to play. So. Mm-hmm. 
I think it will help. Norman Powell being out. Uh, Anthony Simons is showing a lot of promise, which I like to see. So yeah. we're going to see a lot of three three guard lineups. So he, he's kind of the barometer, right? If he has a big game off the bench, then you guys are right in it. You can beat pretty much anyone. But if you get nothing out of him, then it's like, wow, where are we going to get 10 points from the bench if it's not he's from Simons? Well, that's why I was... At the start of the season, came to start Nance and bring Cal off the bench, but they didn't. They didn't do that. It's going to take a while to Chauncey to get his kind of system in and what what he wants to do. But yeah, no, I'm not concerned. I think in the right spot. Yeah. No, cool. All right. Well, I've got one more. Is this team player LeJoy? And I, I don't think you can say anything, but this team looks LeJoy. They've improved, and this player is absolutely balling. Wait, wait, wait. I think, I think, I think we're gonna have the same one. Same, the same, same at the same time. Three, two, one. Miles Bridges has to be. We didn't promise people we did not speak about that. Had to be though. It had to be. When you look up at the players of the week, you see Steph Curry in the West, and you go, "Yeah, that's about right." And then you look and see Miles Bridges, player <laughs> of the week, best player in the East. You gotta be joking. When we thought the East was gonna be better than the West, Mark Bridges comes out as the best player in the first week. He was absolutely phenomenal. 25 points a game, eight and a half rebounds, almost two and a half steals, 53% from the field, shooting 35% from three, making two How and many? a half. He's a game with 95% of the free throw line. So he's he's cooking from basically everywhere on the floor. His floor. shot looks like legit, I guess. Legit. Mm. People are giving him room and he's just straight knocking it down. The thing is, because they're playing him at the power forward, you have to give him room because he's so athletic. He's He's so athletic. He's quick off the dribble and he's a big time lob threat. I think the the connection with him and with him and Lamelo, we knew about it last year. It just kind of seemed like a bit of a novelty, a bit of a highlight thing. But they have both taken each other's games to a whole new level. Lamelo well, started on well, my, my 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 other Lejoit was Lamelo. So yeah. there you go. It was Lamelo and Charlotte. So Lamelo's Lejoit. Lamelo starting this season, first five games, twenty-two points a game, five rebounds, seven assists, almost two steals a game, forty-seven percent from the field, fifty percent from threes, making four threes a game at the moment. And what's the, what's your shooting? Hundred percent of the free throw line. He hasn't missed them yet. Wow. So he's come out scorching hot and they've Charlotte. We already knew that they were a league pass team, but I don't think this team can play a non-entertaining game. Every everything that's so good to watch. Every game's got something in it, whether it's everything, good, good everything that literally everything they're touching is targeting gold at the moment. Ishmith, gold picker, Ubre, gold picker, Plumley, gold oh. picker, Haywood, <laughs> gold picker from two years ago. MJ's finally come good. <laughs> Gordon Hayward's definitely reminding everyone when he steps on the court, no one talks about him in the offseason, and he's just a legit player. He's just completely legit. He knows how to hoop. And it's a perfect fit next to a guy like Lamella, next to a guy like Miles Bridges, who, you know, slid to a mid-round draft pick, and now he's looking like he's got that superstar, absolute lottery upside. It's that Michigan State Spartan in him. For sure. He, he, you know, he showed tiny flashes of this at, at college without the consistency, but this consistency even just in the first five games is really, really promising he's, for Charlotte. He's been teetering. Like, he made the rookie sophomore game. Yeah, I think he might have won MVP in one of those games or something. Like, he's been a bit of a tweener. They've been playing him like a small yeah. forward with other bigs, but, like, he is your power forward who's, like, 
can lob like he's like John Collins in a, in a way. Like he's yeah. got so many different options. He can make the three. He can get. He can catch a lob. He can put it on the bounce. He can post, and he's just. He's getting after it at the moment. Which I yeah, love. he's even potentially more mobile than a guy like Collins. He can really basically yeah. His foot speed is like a guard on the perimeter. Uh, yeah, and his his foot speed combined with his like athleticism and strength, it's really well, good. To watch. Well, when you think about this team, obviously Bridges making a huge jump. But you, you think about this team, you talk about the uh, the additions that they've made in their um, in their rotation in their uh, their role. puppy. They're role players. Champagne probably's off to a good start. He's scoring 17 a game in the first five. Obviously, found his touch a little bit better. It definitely suits him more. This stand in the corner, and then when you get it, start to go to work. It felt like playing off Steph Curry, cutting without the ball, being a cerebral player. That's not really his game. He's not really <laughs> a, a high IQ basketball player. He's more of an athlete, a three and D guy. So this seems like a better fit him with Uber. That's really added to their depth. I think. We both like Plumlee for everything that he can do. We both think it's a big upgrade on, on Biombo playing a lot of minutes and Zella for them last year. Um, yeah, Plumlee really, really solid. He's already had a good connection with Lamelo as well, doing a lot of the dirty work for this team. And Ish Smith, he's a guy who I've, I've always I've liked. I've always liked. He's so fast. He's a, so fast. He's a backup point guy who's tough. He takes over the game. He can control the tempo. When he's hitting his little pull-up drum shot, all of a sudden, you know, he can boogie on any of the backup guards in the league, that's for sure. So to have I'll him playing you, at a high level is big. I'll tell you who else under the radar pickup, you've got to be an NBA fan almost to know him before he came there, is um, Cody Martin. Oh, yes. He's... he's Both the main twins. He's playing serviceable minutes there now. They've had him for a couple of years now. He's slowly worked his way into the rotation. See, the other one's playing good minutes in Miami now. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I don't even know which one's which, but... The um the Charlotte mm-hmm. one is just another good wing guy who can dribble, pass, shoot, defend. They, it yeah. seems like they've got him for days. Well, Charlotte and, definitely. And Rozier's not well, even playing. Do you reckon Rozier steps back into the starting lineup? Or they've got a good problem with Rozier coming back because we know how electric he is as a scorer. And he could be a six man of the year guy. Ooh, he was so good last year. I think you have to start him. I don't know if you can push him to the bench, but I think PJ Washington has to permanently come off the bench now because of oh, just, yeah. just oh, how yeah. good Bridges has been. Washington really, he's a, he's probably the biggest tweener of the whole team because he... Yeah, he's an X factor. He can let he, a five or four. Which he's, I like. a, he's a really good, let's let's go small with our bench unit and have him at the five and he can really shoot the three ball and he can, he can block a few shots at the rim. So... He's an important, interesting piece that they could bring back, give them another dimension. And I think we know exactly what we're going to get from Rosier when he comes back. And he's had experience playing Puppets. well with Gordon Haywood last year. So if anything, it could potentially... So you, you put you put, you put Ube back to the bench, right? Yeah, I think you do, for yeah. sure. Yeah, you, you would mess potentially mess a little bit with uh, Lamelo's rhythm, given how much he's scoring, the volume he's playing. He's doing it right now. Mm, that's him, what I'm saying. Like making him four threes a game. But I think... You've got in the long run. You've you've got to make that work. With if Rosie. they want to be a if they want to be a real guy, they got to get yeah. In, you look at you They're look paying. at the um, you look at the way that they got knocked out by Indiana in the play last year. They couldn't get a bucket. You know, Rosier got shut down. They completely were all over Rosier, and then it was Lamelo trying to do his thing as a rookie in a big you know kind of playing playoff moment, and it was just a little bit too much. He couldn't score the ball. He was a little bit inefficient. So. 
there's no doubt that they need scoring from Lamella, they need scoring from Rosier, they need scoring from Gordon Haywood as they, as they get to play these top teams in the Eastern Conference. When Rosier comes back, it'll be, they potentially might slump a little bit just trying to get him, his legs underneath him and try to get him back in the flow. But if they can get them all clicking at the same time, at the same time with this Miles Bridges emergence, this team could be very legit. What are you? Um, I asked you before, jar ceiling. What do we reckon at jar? Well, I'll throw the same one at you with Lamelo. Whatever. I, I feel like they're both almost. Well, jar's definitely not a lock for all star, I guess, but he almost is. I feel like Lamelo's a lock. He's just a lock. I think he's gonna get a fan vote. He's so popular. I, I gotta admit, mm. I didn't think I didn't mm. think I liked him, but I love watching him. I, I just think sure. he's a really good player. I like him. I liken his kind of the fascination with the mellow, with the fascination with Luca. You know, the the media absolutely love him, and he's a he's a personality. He's going to get the vote. He just is. People love to play with him as well. It's obvious that you know this interesting style that he plays, and <laughs> when he's ready to throw ridiculous passes or hit really deep, big, high arcing threes, and play by the ring himself uh, a little bit as well. It's 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 pretty fascinating. I'm I'm going to throw something. Now. I'm getting ridiculous here. I don't know. I haven't even heard this. It just kind of came to me then. I've seen some photos about it. But could we, is there any world where you could see the two, the starting backcourt of the East and all-star starters being the Ball Brothers? It's absurd. I know. Don't get me wrong. But it's, it's, the, it's the fan vote. And that is a ridiculous yeah. narrative. Like, I would, I would not vote. Maybe I would vote Lamelo starter. I definitely wouldn't vote Lonzo a starter. Probably not an all-star either, but... Hmm. Like that is like if they both have really good records, who knows, man? Yeah, it's 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 crazy to see. You know, Lamelo is kind of what he seems. He just seems to have a lot of the stuff that Lonzo has, but an even greater upside in terms of he's a little bit taller, a little bit better getting into the room and dunking, a little bit better shooting from deep. Feels moment. like he's got a little bit more time. Yeah, a little bit more time when he gets in the pain to make decisions, hundred percent. So. Yeah, I think Lamelo could be an all-star sooner rather than later. It's it's really interesting. I think he's almost a lock this year. He's almost a lock this year for all-star. Well, we'll see because there's a conference with a, with a guy like Kyrie Irving stepping out of the spotlight and a guy like James Harden struggling out of the gates. There's definitely, you know, potential for, for him to hop in there. Trey is the other lock at the guard spot. That exactly. We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. We'll save that for a, for a big pot as we get close to the all-star game. Then we can... Uh, True. We can have but a who has the highest ceiling, him or Jar? The original question. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I think Lamelo feels like he can do more. It feels like he can do Lamelo's more. ceiling would have to be. Well, I'll I'll, answer, I'll 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 give it to you differently. If you had to bet, who would you bet's going to have a better career? See, that's a different question because I reckon I reckon Lamelo could be an absolute superstar, multiple time all star, could could win a lot of awards and. You know, have an absolutely outrageous statistical kind of career number. But I reckon John Moran has shown to me right now that he can be a winning player. That he's, he's tough. a leader, right? And yeah, he can build a franchise around his mentality and his work ethic and his toughness. So I'm not saying that the Miller doesn't work. There's hard, there's, there's something <laughs> to be said about the. Um, there's definitely something to be said about though the fact that Lamelo's taller and he's probably a better shooter at the same age. So he's his mm-hmm. game should mm. in theory age yeah. better and we've seen guys like jar get unfortunately injured a lot but 
fingers crossed. He's such a hard worker. Like, yeah. It's a race. is an interesting leader. It's hard to really gauge, but he just, everyone just he, loves playing with him so much that it just falls into place well, that, at times. That's why I liken him to Luca. He, he's having fun out there. He makes it fun for everyone else. He's he seems like, more, a lot more chilled than Luca yeah. though, at the same same time, which is interesting. Hmm. No, I think he's he's just enjoying it and having an absolute ball out there. Uh, pardon the pun. Having a ball, he's playing it. Definitely. I might have to change. I might have to change my um, fantasy name to that. I've got Lonzo having a ball. Having a ball with there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, is, did you have another one that you want to hit on? Um, I had one more on the Lejoid, and that was this draft class. It's not okay. a player, not a team. Yeah. But this class is legit. Yeah. I don't like and I know it's early, but I'll tell you which guys I'm excited who's, about. Out well, of the top out of, oh, I've I've got the I've got the lottery here. K doesn't yeah. play it, so I, I'm excited about him. But Jalen yeah. Green excited about Evan Mobley excited about Scott Barnes excited about Judy mm-hmm. I'm excited about Davion Mitchell I'm excited about Duarte I'm excited about like these guys Sangun or Sangun, however you say it. Shangun, sorry, Shangun. I um, <laughs> and of course our, our boy Giddy. How good did he play that? Man? Half, we have to get a Josh Giddy shout out in. He looks legit, mate. He well, his his floor game, his all around floor game looks impressive. His height, his ability to defend, at least try to defend, and obviously his playmaking. He's shown some touch with the shooting as well. So. His skills, his skill sets looks like it's improved in this short amount of time to me. Maybe I didn't watch him in NBL enough, but mm. his shot and um, like touch, yeah, like his photos and stuff, he's really on point at the minute. It's yeah, he's kind of come come out of nowhere, gets drafted, now he's starting on an NBA team, and he's he's put up a couple of big games. And I, I suddenly feel like they need to give him the keys. Like obviously Shea is the best player in the team and needs to have the ball, but. They need to give Giddy the keys and Shay play off that. Yeah. It, it might end up it might you might end up with, you know, 60, 65 losses on the season, but you'll get a lot of a lot of good miles. A lot of valuable game. experience. And yeah, reps between them two together. For sure. Definitely, you know, that's build, a backcourt you can build around, no? Build, build something like what, what you saw with Lamello and uh, and Miles Bridges in, in Lamello's rookie year. Bring you some excitement and some some flow and and some team culture with this with this group in OKC because it really remains to be seen what, what they're going to look like in the future. It's funny how OKC, like, they just keep, re- like, I know they're going to suck this year. They might have the, the worst record in the league, but they mm-hmm. definitely have some young direction now. It's interesting how they manage to keep recycling and giving a direction to the team. They never do, I guess last season they were, but besides that, they're rarely directionless. It, it feels like a few years ago, the the goal was you are either contending or trying trying to really go for it and, and be a player in the playoffs, or you should you should just bottom out and intentionally lose, and you shouldn't hang around in that middle ground. But now it feels like there's only a couple of teams that are down the very bottom who genuinely have, there's have a lot there's a lot in the middle ground now. Eh? There's a mm. lot in them. There's and what with, and with the playing, it feels like every single team that's basically that's the not, good thing about the playing, isn't it? Makes the yeah. middle teams relevant, I guess. More. Yeah, 100% makes them more chance for them to go for it and, and less chance to go down and, and have a go in the lottery and hope that you can snag someone really good. 
So from the performances that have that have been huge from these rookies so far, Chris Duarte, he was the he was the 13th pick. Indiana stooped him. In his first five games, averaging 18 points per game and shooting 44% from three. Would you say that he's the rookie, rookie of the year if you had to end the season right now? Um, if we're ending the season right now, uh, uh, probably not. Are you taking taking your boy Scotty Barnes because he's on your face? I really like Scotty Barnes, but we already spoke about Mobley. I think Mobley right now, you'd probably have to give it to him, wouldn't you? Oh, his numbers aren't eye-popping. It's more... Well, yeah, it's not about the team. numbers. It's, I guess it's not about the, the numbers, though. The Scotty rookie, Barnes has rookie, numbers, but they're barely winning. If there's one award that is about the numbers, I feel like it's the rookie That's of the true. year. Because, you know, well, if we're talking about numbers, Cade Cunningham, um, not Cade Cunningham, um, Jalen Green looks like he might put up some numbers. Or oh, Giddy. Giddy has the best numbers. Giddy has better numbers than Duarte at the moment, doesn't he? In terms of overall numbers. Uh, you're not in the points category, but yeah, he's on points, the, obviously. He's filling yeah. the box sheet quite nice. Had 10 assists in the game today, and it looks like he's probably only a few games away from notching his first career triple double, which will be Duarte. Duarte could be Duarte could be a 15 point scorer on a playoff team, though. He's, he's I, I don't know if he ended the season now. Probably if he ended the season now, you'd give it to him, yeah. But Duarte's maybe the, in the in the long run, he could be it anyway. I don't know. Do you think it'll be? I think Duarte's been the best so far. But he's definitely taking advantage of some injuries, whether it's yeah, Karis, Levert. Karis Levert, whether it's um, yeah, TJ Warren. And he's taking what open three point shots or even contested ones and he's knocking them down. So it's unlikely that he'd be able to maintain 44% clip from three. But uh, a very encouraging start to, to have a rookie who's ready to play and to come out and play five games to score 18 a game, really help them win is, is a pretty big thing. I think. Scotty Barnes, you said that you like and you want to speak about him for a minute because he's averaging 18 points himself and almost 10 rebounds. So Barnes looks like an elite. He's got the best. He's got the best stats. Yeah. What, what was, I saying? Were we all. I've got him in fantasy. Yeah. I don't know. Was, did, Toronto, last the draft. did Toronto have. Did Toronto have, you know. Did, did they have they, the, they they knew they 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 wanted they knew that Suggs right? wasn't their guy they knew that Suggs yeah. wasn't going to and they tricked that everyone right. into thinking they were taking him right He's, that's what happened right yeah everyone thought that Suggs was going to Toronto but they knew Scotty Barnes was the guy and they like why would you take Suggs you've got Van Vliet who's better in a similar position and you've you just paid Gary Trent. You've still got Dragic at this point, even though they might ship him at some point. It's like, doesn't make sense. Scotty Barnes makes sense on this team and every team. Like, what? They're playing him at the point. Mm-hmm. They're playing him at the point. They've played him at the center. He's guarded the other team's point. He's guarded the other team's center. Yeah, he's shown an ability. He's shown an ability shoot. to steal the ball, protect the rim, pass the ball, shoot the ball. Like, I don't want to overreact, but I, mm. he's, fuck, he looks so versatile, man. And he's, he's got an, he's got an, like, in terms of rookies, like, it's one thing to have an NBA body, but like, when he goes on the court, it's like he already looks like the best athlete on the court. He's like long and he's jacked and he, just the way he moves, like, it's very impressive. I don't know. Am I overreacting there? Is that an overreaction? Or? Well, I think they've, they've, they're going to have a really strong defense. They're right now, they're ranked sixth in defense already, Toronto. And you look at their versatility of guy like OG Ananobi, he's an absolute dog defensively. And if they bring when they bring Pascal Siakam back into it, you know, you can you can get yourself excited about them a little bit despite their 
uh, struggles potentially on offense to put the ball in the basket. They could they could really hang around there in that playing playing spot and be a big threat. How's that potential lineup of Scotty Barnes, OG, Pascal, Boucher, Boucher, four guys that are six eight plus that can all shoot the three, can all guard, maybe one through five or two through five or at least three positions. You can put anyone with that lineup, put a center out there, put Fred Van Vliet, put Dragic out there, put Gary Trent out there. Well, I was going to say Gary Trent looks good for them. I think he, we both thought that he's a potential budding player um, this year. He's solid defensively. Yeah, good at getting steals and can definitely get hot from three. We saw him go up for, I think, 40 or 50 points at the end of last season, but he got a chance. Interestingly, you say about Boucher that he he's kind of, been down on the pecking order. I'm not sure if he's carrying injury or Why something. Why does Nick Nurse not like him? I feel like he should always get more minutes. I feel like he might... Precious have... is also one of those guys, even, that could be in well, that kind of... They're giving they're giving Precious a legit go here, and he's, you know, rebounding and defending quite hard, but he's got clear limitations offensively. I'm not, I'm not convinced about him. Boucher is much better than him, in my opinion, but... But in the same breath, Boucher, I feel like he's just a stretch five. He doesn't really have any other offensive game. He just he, he's, he a, he's a he's a live hitting threes, and he goes for blocks all the time. But sometimes it means defensive mistakes at the same time. But yeah, be interesting to see. Uh, Nick Nurse definitely a guy who knows what he's doing, and this team's already elite defensively. So it's just a, this team could be better if they work it out offensively. And what's the what's the sorry, go on. And it'll just be a matter of see what happens when when Pascal comes back and, and there's a legit case that he could have a proper bounce back because he really was poor last year, Skiakin. What's the gauge on um, Dragic? What are we? It's a weird one still. I'm not really sure. He's a back, he's a backup who who can come out and score the ball if he's fit. And it's he's un, not it's, he's not it's he's not suited there. He's not suited there. It doesn't make sense having him there still. Van Vliet seems set to be, you know, 35, 36 minutes a game, mm. carry the team. Do you reckon Dallas, do you reckon Dallas get him? I still reckon it makes sense for Dallas to get him. It definitely makes sense for them to get him. Um, financially, it's just a decision because he is on a solid contract there from Miami. I think it's close to 16, 17 million for Dragic. So it's a matter of, dude, we can't really, uh, for me, I, I couldn't afford, I don't think we should move off of a guy like Tim Hardaway Jr. as much no. as, I just think he's too important to what we're doing to, to just get Dragic. That wouldn't be enough. But, yeah, if we can, if we can find a way to, to make that money work, that would be nice. I think Dragic is just going to drag on longer into the season. And if he can get a hot patch of form, that, that might help him get traded quicker. Mm. Um, where did we start that? We started with some, um, some rookies. Uh, Jalen Green, we'll touch on real quickly. In the last day of the fantasy matchup, I was going against John, and he had Jalen Green, and he broke out against Boston for 30 points and eight three-pointers, eight of 10. You're absolutely kidding me. I lost it by, I lost threes by, I think, two or three. He also had four rebounds, three assists, and two blocks. Uh, Jalen Green, interesting player. What are, you, what are your thoughts on him so far, Pat? Would, would, if, you're, if you're Houston, would you potentially have gone Mobley? Um, maybe, uh, I don't know. It's hard to say who I would have preferred, but I like Jalen Green. I like Mobley a lot. They're different players, so it's hard to say at this point. Um, but I'll tell you, you, 
I don't know why, but I always notice this when I watch him, how, how much elevation he gets on his shot. Like when he jumps, he gets off the floor so high and then he gets so much arc on it. And he just he just looks like he can shoot a piss out of the ball, I reckon. He looks like, like straight he's... up. Because that combined yeah. with his bounce and like ability to get on the rim, because he is really bouncy, like really bouncy. It's and he can finish with any shift he can finish mm. with either hand. Um he's I, already, I like he's, him. He's dropped a couple of people already on crosses and has his yeah. the basket in transition. Yeah, very shifty. If you can get sure. a 30 in one of your first few games, like yeah. I mean, we've we've seen guys flame out after having big games. But I, I mm. like the look of him. It's interesting. We're we're talking we're talking about this class. We haven't seen one second of the first pick, so I think that's an indication that it's yeah, for sure. For sure, I would say probably without going too much into it, I would just say that I think we both we both like Suggs without being in love with him, and I think he he, he really needs tough. to figure it out. He needs to work out how to you know how to score the ball in the NBA, how to finish at the rim. But there's no way he's going to be able to do that with Cole Anthony next to him, let alone when they bring in their number one point guard in Markel Fultz. I just think mm. those three point guards, there's absolutely no way that Suggs can develop. With and I was really high on Anthony and him had a bit of a pun on him to be rookie of the year last year and he showed some some good flashes. So I, I think Anthony like, out of those got more guys, Out of those three guys, I how do you rank those three guys? I've got any... I haven't seen Fultz in it, but I've probably got Anthony Fultz, then Suggs. Yeah, Fultz had one really good, you know, two or three months with with a veteran Orlando starting five that, you know, they weren't doing anything. They had a good patch, but they, you know, they were close to 500. That's about it. So to me, he still hasn't done anything. And what I see from Cole Anthony, I think it's sustainable. I think the guy can flat out score, can shoot, play, make. So athletic. He might have some defensive, uh, you know, challenges at his, at his height, but can flat out score and play, and he looks like the most natural, uh, you know, real player to me. In a year, this most ridiculous statement ever made on the podcast, but to me, Wagner's a more intriguing rookie for that team than Suggs. I actually really like what I'm seeing out of Wagner. I think he's much better than his brother. I, like me and you, I think like he's much better. Like uh, you're, you're Mo in this situation. <laughs> People wrote off. Even though he's the older one. Well, what Mo had the more successful college career though. Mo got the national championship game. It was an absolute That's true. That's true. Yeah. And we've barely seen any of Franz. That's his, is that his Franz? Yeah, Franz Wagner. I, I, I like the look of him. Like, like while we're talking about the magic, I like the look of Franz Wagner. I'm just gonna Yeah. And, and, crazy. and they're trying their own Cleveland thing as well. It won't result in any wins, but a bit of Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter Jr. in the front court, you know, there's there's for upside there. Um most Primeno Kings players and commentators are saying Davion Mitchell is gonna be one of the best on ball defenders in the league. I mean, that's a very big call, but he does move his feet extremely well, even on the NBA floor. It looks like he yeah. moves his feet as good as anyone. Yeah, I don't think that's a bigger call, but you know, how much you know, how much value is a guy like Pat Beverly who can chase after people and stay in front of them all day long? He's but, better offensively than Pat Beverly already, in my opinion. Though. Yeah, he, he looks like he looks like he could be better offensively, but he's definitely got a long way to go in terms of their rotation for him to get any kind of a look at, at offensive play when you've got the offensive force that Fox is and the cerebral offensive player that I think we both think Halliburton is. 
then it's like, okay, oh, when, no, when's, no. when's Davian Mitchell going to get the keys? Probably not for, you know, multiple years. Yep. I don't think he's ever going to be a guy where he has, I don't know, if it's, uh, where he's the starting point for keys. I don't know if he's going to be that guy, but Maybe he's a good solid player. Giddy, 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 I'm just going to bring him back to him. He might be the mm. one with the most upside out of this. Maybe, maybe not, but him and Scotty Barnes are the real upside guys here in Mobley, of course. And except from going from Giddy today to, to beat the Lakers for him. To, to beat the Lakers, I mean. Pull off tennises, even though a guy like the Bronze. We got to, we got to, we got to talk about the Lakers. Well, while well, that's a good segue, what the hell, like, what the hell is going on? Russ, ha- he has to go. Is that an over? Is that an Russell. overreaction from everyone? Russ is. I was gonna say that, but I, I, I think it's real. I think, I think Russ has to go. You already Not saw. Yet, but you already saw twenty games. You already saw what you got from from Westbrook. Well, sorry, you already got. You already saw why they got Westbrook. Road game, back-to-back. No, well, it wasn't a back-to-back. It was the front end of a back-to-back. No LeBron. They're at San Antonio. And, the, and then Westbrook just goes, all right, I'll just run the show. I'll drop basically a triple-double. I'll score as many points as I have to. I'll just put my force on this game. We'll win the season game. No worries about it. So now we're staying close to 500 and we'll be in the playoffs. No, no, no worries. It's a completely different game once we get to the playoffs and those games are in a series and people can lock in on Westbrook and he can't, you know, he's not going to have the, that big of a role or big of an impact on this Lakers team. But so got, the plan, yeah. The plan is to get to the playoffs. And then, and then just cut. like bench him essentially. Yeah, and have a healthy LeBron and AD is the most important Does that work game. though? Like playing completely different mode? Or do you just like slot Rondo into those minutes? Like, I can, if they just got rid of Westbrook, I mean, like, got rid of Westbrook altogether, when LeBron's out, you just chuck Rondo into the, like, give Rondo some more ball. Like, I think that's honestly a better strategy at this point, play through AD more. Like, I think he had 10 turnovers today. Like, do, I haven't even thought about this. Do you reckon LeBron will sit more games like he started today? Maybe could have played just to get Russ, like, going? Because, like, when they play together, it just, like, it clearly does not work. Like, it just does not work. 100%. LeBron was able to dominate, be the most valuable player in a bubble where there was a two-month break before a two-month sprint to the to the championship. And that's when he looked like the fittest, the best player in the league. He can't do 82 games and then be the best player in a whole playoffs when there's athletes the likes of Giannis out there and KD. Mm. LeBron needs rest. He needs to take a break at some stage. He's already had an ankle injury already in the first four games. So, And we know how how absolutely soft Anthony Davis can be with his injuries, taking them, you know. Anthony Data Davis. Yeah, exactly. So Westbrook is going to absolutely be huge for them. And you only need to look at the last three teams that Westbrook has ended up on. It started absolute train wreck in the regular season. It looked like Washington were going to be the worst team in the league last year. And then Westbrook went on an absolute tear in the regular season, dominating regular season games, triple doubles. Yeah, and then you talk yourself into her, they always flame in the playoffs. Yeah, but those teams that he flamed in the playoffs didn't already have a championship one-two punch in them. You know, so when you take Westbrook out of them, say he plays every game, and then you take him out of their team potentially of the playoffs. I think that almost is the best strategy. Just play him, use him through the regular season to help you get a top four seed and then kind of slowly wind down his minutes and don't finish games with him. And then by yeah. the playoffs, he's potentially starting and then not coming back on. 
or maybe best case scenario, they 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 find a way for him to you know completely sacrifice and become some become a point guard. Could just be some defensive guy. Yeah, def- defensive guy. He doesn't shoot. Absolutely, you know, just be the best defender you could possibly be. Set up our offense, rebound extremely hard, and don't shoot. <laughs> Let them run. I tell you what doesn't get stated enough is how Rondo that's what Rondo does but Rondo finds a way to actually do it where mm-hmm. and not make it look weird whereas Russ like this finds he, a, just turns it over and just uh, even in Rondo's age, uh, it's hard to watch become, it's hard to watch hard to watch at the moment man. yeah Rondo's become a better shooter as well he can actually Much bring better. it down and then hit a, hit a random spot up so I think Westbrook yeah, really needs to find but, a way to, to hit an open three. That's for sure. They're playing. They're playing together at the moment at all times. Like what? What, what is yeah, happening? They're missing Kendrick Nunn. I think they're going to give him a go at the point guard once once he gets back. It'll be interesting to see if he. Ariza will end up much. playing a fair few minutes. It looks like as well if he ever gets back. Yeah, they're still in a situation where they've got so many players that you know they've got no idea what their rotation is actually going to look like until they've tried all these people throughout the regular season. Mm, agreed. All right, well, that should pretty much wrap us up there. The, the only last point I had here in terms of quick overreaction or, or the joint is Towns and Anthony Edwards. Is that one-two punch legit and Minnesota are going somewhere? Or are we just overreacting to a couple, a couple of nice games from those two? I think, I, I think they're a legit one-two punch, but... It's like, what is legit? Like, they're two young, good players in the team, but are they a legit playoff team? Not at all. Nowhere near it. Could they make the playing team? I don't think so. It's impossible, but I highly doubt it. But I'm really liking what I'm seeing out of Adam Evans, and I already think Ooh. Towns is an exceptional offensive talent. So, yeah, I do think they're legit. I just don't think they have a great supporting cast around them. Not sure Delo is a good fit around them at all. Mm. Um, I think that's the piece that I would... Like Simmons with that lineup becomes ever more increasing by the games you say. It's like all they need is that guy, like a guy who can pass and also defend, mm. or defend better, arguably, and just pass. Like that's what they need, isn't it? Yeah, that, that, that would be really nice, 100%. They don't have the pieces to give up to make it, to get it done. But yeah, I think, like, I think Russell is. Andrew Russell is, you know, potentially one of the most overpaid players in the league right now, given his good season in, in Brooklyn and then he gets that big contract. And the truth is that he's a guy who shoots the ball a lot and shoots deep threes and often will shoot him at a pretty low percentage and play a bit of the pick and roll. Some games he'll get buckets and a few assists. Other games he'll just won't be a factor in it. He doesn't have any defensive upside. He doesn't really do anything off the ball. He's all he's a point guard who shoots it a lot of the time. So Yeah, I'm out. I'm out on Dilla. I'm out. So I think that'll make it really difficult. Six man, six man of trade. the year is, I think, what his best kind of hope is. Not hope, I can say, but I think that's this role, yeah. best scenario for him. Hmm. Well, I'm... From, he yeah. already got an all-star nod somehow at one point. I mean, and an overreaction for me might be that, disregard anything to do with um, Russell, is that Edwards looks so potentially superstar offensive weapon that... They could consider trading towns, I reckon, because that would be that's, one an, of the that's most... an interesting one. Because they're just going to be awful then. Like as good as good as we think Edwards could be, they're still going to be awful. But like, do you want to be awful? Is that what you're saying? Well, we just talked about would you would you even bet on them making the plan this year? No, you wouldn't. You would say they'd be lucky to make it, and that's. But I still like Cat as a player if you can keep a general 
not, he's not a generational talent, but like maybe he's the amount of threes he hits about size. Like if you can keep a guy like that, I think you have to try and do it. It's it's really difficult. You're not going to find a better guy than that. Just like you could, but like you know That's what I mean. But how many chances do you give Cat? You know he's he hasn't had a good team around him. Like they haven't ever really, besides the Jimmy Butler thing, they did make the playoffs. But yeah, but when does it? You know, when does it fall on Cat? Obviously, it's a terrible timing with everything that happened with COVID, and he's obviously had a really shit go of it in the last year and a half. But from what every time I, it seems like I flick on and watch them. He's flailing his arms around, getting into some kind of argument with the other team's center, getting an argument with the ref. He's happy. I agree. It doesn't look like he's happy. And a change of scenery feels like would do a world of good for him potentially and be in a different spot in a winning situation just with the pressure not on him as the number one option. Well, it depends. I don't, I don't really think he is a number one option. Well, that's what I'm saying. It depends what you expect from him because I don't ever, I don't view him as the best player in a championship team. Like his number, his raw numbers might suggest that that is possible, but I've never seen. Well, maybe when he first got drafted, but now that we've we've seen enough of him to know, I don't think he's ever going to be the best player on a championship team. He's, he's, I think I think he could be the second best player, maybe on a championship team. Yeah, probably I'd lean more towards third, but I think you have to keep that around. Like if they could somehow say they say they find a way to get rid of D'Angelo, but they still end up doing really shit like this year. And then say they got somehow the number one pick and managed to get a guy like Kate Cunningham. I don't know what this next class is, but say it was. Like that's then you're looking at maybe a three headed thing you could build around. But like, yeah, it's still going to take five years. And is Count Anthony Towns willing to wait that out? Probably not. So yeah. that comes I, right back to what you're saying. Potentially they lean in even further towards Anthony Edwards because he looks like he could be a number one option. He's starting to really develop offensively. I think their coach knows what he's doing is really utilising him in simple action. And it's, yeah, it's really effective when he's not... Good to watch, isn't it? Good to watch him. He's he's also a really charismatic guy. I really like him. Every time I hear him on interviews and the way that he carries himself, he might come off as a little bit cocky, but I think he's... He's kind of cheerful like that. Yeah, he's got superstar written all over him, and I that think smile, potentially yeah. you want to lean into that a little bit more going forward than um than kind of the whole negative situation that's that's followed Towns the whole time he's been in Minnesota. But in the meantime, we're looking at some some pretty good two man game between those two, and it's certainly making this team if, more watchable. If, if they like forget about anyone else in the team because it doesn't really matter at this point. If they find a way to get rid of D'Angelo Russell, and get Ben Simmons in there, I don't know what they would have to move on and make it a three-way. Would that then be a playoff team? So oh, Simmons 100%. and Cass. 100%. 100%. Uh, you know, if... That's if, the move. For sure. Or if they could get it, definitely. But. Find a way, find a suitor for D'Angelo and then get some three-way action going. It's, it seems clear that, that what Philly wants is, is an all-star player right now ready to go. And, and D'Angelo has made an all-star team. Yeah, well, I, heard ori- I heard originally, the, obviously I'm not in those circles at all, but I heard the chat was that obviously Minnesota wanted Simmons, but they didn't want to give up D'Angelo Russell. Is it one of those things where like 20 games in, they're like, okay, D'Angelo isn't performing as much and we think we need something now. We're looking to move D'Angelo. I think that could, that could maybe happen. I don't think Philly, I mean, he could work it. He could maybe work at Philly and, in some aspect, but maybe another team, maybe a third team. But 
that could be something that evolves, I think, maybe. I've just got the opinion that the Durhamori and Philly are, are completely stubborn on wanting ridiculous value for Simmons in return. They want, they reckon they can get a guy like Beal. They reckon they can get a guy like Dane. They honestly are that stubborn at the moment and they're not going to be trading for some one-time all-star. They want an absolute gun. So it's actually not a battle when you think about it. Like how long do you reckon they wait? Well, if they can't, if, they can't wait longer, they can't wait more than a season. It if, can't be after the all-star break. You just can't. Well, they need to keep rolling, that's for sure. If they start losing, then the heat will turn up extremely quickly. If they fall behind 500, then they're really going to have some... The heat, if they pressure. do lose, the heat should be on Maury as well because this all started when he decided that he wanted to get Harden for Simmons. Like, that was known that that was out there, right? And that's where this whole Simmons thing really started. Mm-hmm. So... He deserves some heat on, on him if they do have a losing record. What are they now? Two and two. No alarm bells at all. But say they're say it's 20 games in and they're eight and twelve. Then maybe some alarm bells will be going off. Yeah, they're they're definitely a team to, to keep an eye on because you know they're they're a Joel and beat injury away from, from not being mm. relevant at all. So and he he and his average misses what. 15, 20 games a year. That's on average. So, mm-hmm. what are we? Yeah, we're seeing a lot of what are we doing? a lot of Maxi out there. Almost probably too much Maxi. You know, he's he, he can't do it all by himself and, and replace Ben Simmons. That's uh, definitely a situation to monitor. All right. Well, we might leave it there for for a good wrap up of, of all the action and everything that we've. Um, We've seen and overreacted, and, and we've touched we've touched on mo- most bases there, mate. Touched on most bases. Yeah, it was good stuff. Um, thanks to everyone out there for listening, and we'll try to get back to you uh, weekly throughout the season. And uh, a rotating group of guests. We had a couple of uh, cowardly guests not make it this week. Um, Tom Welch being one of them, and uh, Benji Dixon kind of flacking away as well. But we'll hope to get those guys back in as well to to balance out the um, the Emory opinions that are always so strong.